go, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Good evening. Tonight on Full Circle, we extend recognition of Latino contributions to the arts and culture in the United States, specifically to our local area. Tonight, we first and foremost honor the band Los Sensontles, and we honor Los Sensontles Cultural Arts Academy. So in the station, we have Eugene Rodriguez, who is here live. And then later in the show, we will recognize one of our very own artistas from the First Voice Apprenticeship Program by playing samples of his very moving spoken word for you, and that's Josiah Luis. You will have two hosts this evening, both of us graduate First Voice Apprentices. I'm Sara Blanco, and Vilma Ortiz will be joining us soon. Stay with us. It's, first of all, a really great feeling to be back on Full Circle again as a graduate apprentice. It certainly is, and I am sitting in for Vilma Ortiz. This is Miss M, and it's especially our honor to local to honor local community heroes. The heroes that we recognize tonight are Los Enzotles. So Los Enzotles have actually performed live on Full Circle 11 years ago. 2005, all right? Don't hide your face, Eugene. It was in the KPFA Performance Studio. It's a live performance that our director and teacher, Miss M, cannot stop talking about until this day. And we have a sample of that live performance this evening. The Los Anzotles started the Cultural Arts Academy in 1989, and tonight we have the pleasure and honor of again hosting Señor Eugene Rodriguez, the founder and executive director of the Academy. Bienvenido. Gracias. Thank you for having me. Bienvenido. Thank you. Gracias. Bienvenido. Well, Señor Rodriguez, you've told this story many times, but for those who are new to Los Entotles and the Academy, please share with us what inspired you to go from being a band and then establishing the Academy. Well, you know, when I saw the the deep impact that the, the work was having on the kids in the neighborhood in, in Richmond, San Pablo, uh, it just seemed really uh that much more important to to reach out to even more kids and having our own nonprofit organization made it possible to bring on other teachers to do different kinds of styles, different kinds of disciplines, arts and crafts, um, and just just grow. And so the starting the program uh, was inspired by the group, and so it just allowed us to have a platform to grow. Tell us about some of the different components of the cultural academy. Well, we have our academy, uh, which is uh, after-school classes for kids ages four and up, music, dance, arts and crafts, different types of Mexican regional music, and, and other. Uh, we also have um, a kitchen. We do cooking classes. We also have a production studio there where we create videos and CDs. And we have the performing group, which performs around the country, around the world, 
uh, kind of spreading a message of, of, of about tradition, but also cross-cultural collaboration. Tell us on your website, it says that it uh, the academy is a home away from home for a lot of people. What does that mean? Well, a lot of the kids who come to Los Insultnes are there their entire childhood. Many come when they're four, five, six, seven, and they stay until they graduate. We just had a a wonderful young woman just go off to uh, UC Santa Cruz. She's Fedenisa. She started when she was seven. She left Woo-hoo. when she was 17. And uh, her little brother, um, little brothers, both two little brothers um, are still there. And so, you know, these are kids who come four times a week and, and perform with us, travel with us perhaps. And, and then and then when they leave, uh, they come back on vacation when they're, when they're on break. Or some will stay and work with us afterwards too. So truly a home away from home. It's kind of a family environment. Tell me a little bit about the outreach. So, for example, when I was in school, we couldn't afford the instrument. Um, and tell me about how your academy might be different in terms of outreach for students who may not know they have a musical talent or may not have cultivated it or possibly can't even afford instruments. Well, most of our students um, come and discover their abilities while they're there. Uh, we don't normally have kids who are who are like, ready to go on American Idol and say, hey, we're going to become famous or something. That's really not what we're there for, to kind of highlight stars or anything. We're, regular kids from the neighborhood come in because they want to be part of something. And and uh, typically they'll either sing or dance. And, you know, dancing doesn't require really an instrument. We have zapateado uh, shoes. Uh, but what you learn is amazing in terms of balance and rhythm and listening and expression and strength and confidence. You learn all these skills that translate to all the different instruments that that they might choose to to uh, play. So most of our students will do multiple things. They'll sing, they'll dance, they'll play an instrument, they'll do arts and crafts. And so that's why many of them will choose to come many days a week. So uh, it's really a place of exploration. It's a safe space, but it's also a very creative space. And, and all the kids are there to contribute. And that's uh, that's really what's uh, special and uh, uh, very positive about the location, about the about, this, about the academy. Speaking of creativity, you know, I think we have a clip that talks a little bit about that cultural vibe that's there. My father, he was born in Mexico. But like his father was a preacher like a, a reverend so like they moved all around they came from from Monterrey where we are and they ended up in Berkeley <laughs> and now they're in LA if they wouldn't have ever came to the United States I probably wouldn't be here right now so <laughs> it's a good thing in a way I've been playing this music for about four years I, I think ever since because I was one of the original sensontless but I so I've, I've basically been through it all I've, I've I've learned a commercial style and I had to stop it and then learn this style, so I've been playing for quite a while. So the first time I came to Mexico, I couldn't talk to nobody. I didn't know, and I was like, here I am, brown as can be, you know, looking just like the people. But I couldn't even talk to them. The mother is just like, donde esta la baño, or, you know, stuff like that, you know? It's like, gosh, you can't even communicate with my own people. That's just an amazing thing with this music. Because you can sing, you can dance, you can play, and it's just, 
it's just all expression. That's the one common thing we have with each other. You know, I watch how they play, they watch how I play. And that's how, you know, that's how you start talking to them. Welcome back. What do you feel when you hear clips like that? <laughs> that was, that was a, a, a recording a film that we did in 1991. Uh, that was Angel and Benito, and they were truly two of the original Sensultanists who started with me back in the mid-'80s. Uh, and uh, that, w- that was taken on a, a trip we took to Veracruz, to a, a rural uh, community. Uh, this was a community that um, was a popul- uh, Nahuatl uh, community, um, very little... Uh, uh, modern uh, conveniences, lights. It was very, very rural, and it was uh, quite, quite an amazing experience for all of us to to be there amongst all the the Popoluca children, who are the native natives, and the Nahuatl children, who are the other natives, uh, who were who came, you know, uh, also from other parts, but now live there. Um, mestizo children, Mexican children, and and Chicano kids, some of whom didn't speak Spanish. So it was a, a tremendous experience and kind of a uh, so these comments were about culture and, and about, you know, all this cultural transaction that were happening. And, and, you know, imagine that this was 1991 when the immigration boom Powerful. was just starting. And and the whole neighborhood since that time completely changed in Richmond. I mean, most of the wow. kids uh, in those days, in the early Sensontless days, were mostly Mexican-American kids who spoke mostly English and mostly didn't listen to Mexican music. And then in the 90s, the immigrant kids came in very much connected to the banda music and the mariachi music and the norteño music and they would wear their their boots and their hats and, and they would speak mostly Spanish and so um that that really changed the whole nature of the of the of the neighborhood and that became also real central to our work having these two huge communities uh, talk to each other because they were kind of coexisting exactly. and not really talking to each other in fact a lot of the gang problems were kind of exacerbated by that that situation. So Sensultanus was one of the few safe places for the different kids in the neighborhood to get together and 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 coexist peacefully and constructively and creatively. Absolutely beautiful. Where else have your travels taken you to? Uh, well, we've been to Mexico a number of times. We've done some really wonderful uh, tours and research trips. We've just got back from Cuba um, a couple months ago. We spent uh, a couple of weeks there on tour, which was really remarkable. Uh, we've been to the Dominican Republic. We've been to Ireland and Scotland and and um, around the around the U.S. So we've traveled quite a bit. Uh, always, always a treat and uh, an opportunity. Are your classes uh, aimed mainly for um, which age group? Which age group? Well, we started four mm-hmm. and up until uh, teenage years. So it's a uh, we have something for everybody. Yeah, and some kids sneak in when they're three. Oh, how cute! You look real proud of that. <laughs> well, you know, if they it's if they so can cute. fool us, then then why not? Right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, I think I think we have another clip that talks about uh, how you know somebody was really impressed by by hearing those kids. Uh, let's let's listen to that. So it's a clip of Linda Ronstad talking about how you all caught her attention. And uh, the clip posting is from 2011, I believe. And, you know, Linda, 
is definitely one of my heroes, right? Especially as a Chicana. Um, I've looked up to her uh, watching Siempre en Domingo. Um, so you can find this clip on YouTube, which I recommend, since there's re there's more to it, where she speaks on relevant issues uh, of today, um, which just makes her a bit more of a hero in and, in and of itself. Here's a short clip of Linda Ronstadt telling her story of meeting Los Sensontles. We love you, Linda. Te queremos, Linda. I recorded the kids regularly and used that process as a learning tool and motivator. We played at flea markets and street corners and sold tapes to help raise money for the trips to Mexico. At one of those fundraisers on a foggy afternoon in 1993, we met Linda Ronstadt. I remember the day that I went down there, I was with my little daughter and uh, was two at the time and we had taken some stale bread and we'd gone down to the Palace of Fine Arts to feed the swans at the lake there. And I looked around and I heard some music and it was, you know, traditional Mexican music being played really well and I saw some dancers and some players, they were playing on the street. I said, I'm going to go look at that. And when I got over there, there were a lot of kids in the band, they were little kids. and. They were playing really well. Lots of times when you see kids playing, you you know, your first impulse is kind of patronizing. You sort of set your face in a way and go, oh, that sounds really good. You know, these little kids beating their brains out, playing real out of tune. They weren't like that. They were playing really well. They could really play their instruments. They could really sing and they could really dance. I was so knocked out. So I went and talked to them. I said, what are you guys doing here? And they said, well, they, they, uh, they were trying to get enough money together to go down to Mexico. They were going to go down and, and uh, stay in a village and learn some of the traditional dances down there. They'd already taught them their traditions and the etiquette. That's my little daughter. And there's Eugene in the background there. And that's me way, way in the background. You can see me in the blue jacket looking at them. Anyway, it, it was apparent to me immediately this was different. This was not like most people teach children how to play music. And they weren't necessarily brought up to or trained to be performing seals they were trained to enjoy themselves and really interact it was music that was for them to you know enjoy themselves culturally and socially as as much as performing increasingly people's experience with music is passive we delegate our musical expression to professionals we have it on the television and music can't be learned without both listening and playing you have to do both things in order to really get music imprinted on you so we need to teach our children how to sing their own songs and play their own instruments. We can't just leave it up to their laptop or the television to tell them what music is. They deserve and they are fully capable of learning to express themselves in a more subtle and profound ways of traditional and classical music. Boy, I love Linda. Mm. She's an amazing person. I and, and very clearly remember that, uh, that meeting of her because I was introduced to her by a friend as Linda, but <laughs> I didn't know it was the Linda. And I... And uh, we were having trouble fundraising for this trip to Mexico because we would do it ourselves. And uh, and we were really behind. And she, and my friend said, you know, she came up to me afterwards. Do you know you were talking to Linda Ronstadt? And I said, no, I didn't know that. And she said, she, she wants to help you. So Linda made that trip possible to Mexico. And she's been a, a good friend and a... Uh, an honest uh, advisor for ever since, and, and we still communicate regularly and just love her a great deal. Thank you. We're speaking yeah. with Eugene Rodriguez, founder of Los Sensontles Cultural Arts Academy, and joining us now is graduate first voice apprentice <laughs> Vilma Ortiz. Vilma V. You guys keep saying Vilma Ortiz. That's the GM so of KBBF serious. Radio. So serious. Yes, the graduate of the first voice apprenticeship program <laughs> is Vilma V. I'm so sorry to be late. 
I'm so excited to see Eugene here from Los Sensontles. <laughs> and I too love Linda Ronson. I remember when she did that Spanish language album. It was a, it's a watershed moment mm-hmm. in uh, our musical heritage when she was just embracing her culture. And I was very excited about that. So, but let's talk a little bit about that. The way you get the students to not be little, you know, robots, but really learn to express themselves musically. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, um, music to me is a language in within which you converse. You know, it's not just about performing. The performing can come later. And so I'm always a little bit pained when I see little children, even if they're good, you know, kind of put up you know, because they're little virtuosos and they talk like little adults. And it, it concerns me because um, my own uh, aunts and uncles would go on, my grandpa would take them down to Tijuana and put them on the radio when they were very young. And now that my gra- my aunts and uncles are older, they, 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 they express a lot of negative feelings about having mm-hmm. done that because they were doing it out of obligation. And that's not... I mean, that that's not for me what the power of culture is. The power of culture is kind of finding that liberating space within inside and within us. So what we do at Sinsoldas is is have the kids learn the language of of music and dance and art and find ways to to encourage them and give them opportunities to express themselves and to exchange musical ideas. You know, I do this tuk 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 and you do that ta 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 and that's how these kids really grow. And what it ends up doing is creating a really um important foundation of listening, balance, dexterity, um, sensitivity, leadership, teamwork, all this stuff kind of develops in them that not only helps them become uh, solid musicians if that's what they want to do, but it helps them become just better people, better citizens, better, uh, better at everything that they will choose to do in their lifetime. Yeah, it helps them find their voice. Now, um, Fabiola Trujillo was one of your students, right? And now she's the program coordinator of the academy. Right. So um, I think we're going to be able to hear a little bit about what she said about the academy. And then that's followed by a ranchera in which she's one of the vocalists from the live performance, that historic live performance 11 years ago <laughs> on Full Circle. So let's take a listen to Fabiola speaking. And then it's going to end with the, her with us listening to that great ranchera. Well, I think there's no other group like this group. I think that's what really kept me here for such a long time. I I learned a lot of things. And especially when I first came to this group, I always thought that rancheras was the only thing that was Mexican. (laughs) Not the, you know, I learned about the Michoacan, the Pirecuas and the Sones Mm -hmm. and uh, the Jarocho music too, which is Mexican. I think that's beautiful. I actually got to experience the different styles of Mexican music. So we're going to hear uh, Ranchera now? Yes, yes Ranchera. Okay. And you are listening to Los Ensantles. Soledad 
Full Circle. I'm your host, Vilma V, along with my co-host, Sarah Blanco. And you just heard uh, a clip from Los Ensontles from their live KPFA performance a few years ago. That was Fabiola Trujillo with a beautiful ranchera. And Eugene Rodriguez, this is your life. <laughs> That's what I was just saying earlier. Oh, oh, All I these clips from the past. Oh, you know? I see. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we have your second grade yeah. teacher right here. <laughs> but it's very lovely. I should point out that Fabiola <laughs> is singing a duet there with Lucina, and they've been singing together for quite a quite a long time. They both came to Sansonas when they were fifteen, and very uh, and and really are now the pillars of of the after school program. Tell us a little bit more about them. Um, well, uh, you know, Fabiola came when she was fifteen, very shy and. I think she was so shy she was afraid to tell me that she wanted to learn to sing. So she said she wanted to play guitar. But she didn't seem to ever practice the guitar. And so she would come to class and I would say, oh, why no. are you here? And I, I kind of <laughs> kind of pulled it out of her that, that she wanted to sing. And so she has the most beautiful voice and, and very soulful. So that, that was a, it was worth the time that it took. And then Lucina came when she was 15 after her quinceañera and and um, and uh, came to sing as well, but I found out that she was a very good dancer. She did, she was like a quebradita queen back in those days. Banda was real big in the neighborhood, and so I I, I uh, convinced her to learn to do zapateado, traditional zapateado, and now she is the teacher of all our zapateado and our music program as well. So she's both have cultivated have been cultivated into art, real master artists and, and real asset to the 
community. Trained a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Fantastic. Um, and so I'd love to know more about the um, the media component of this. You do media production. And so do they You print out your own CDs or tell us about that? Because I've been to the Academy mm -hmm. and it's a huge space. It's in a very modest space, right? It's in that parking lot and it shares a parking lot with the grocery store. I can't remember what's mm -hmm. the name of it. Right. And yet you go in there and it's so vibrant and there's so much happening. So tell us, you have different studios and different components, right? right. Well, we're we're actually in a space that used to be a liquor store. And back in 1988, we, we uh, with volunteers, family, kids, we transformed it into that space, mm -hmm. mostly volunteer labor. And um, our production studio is managed by Emiliano, who's 22, who grew up at the center. He's my son. And um, he's really tremendous at what he does. We we record. We've recorded, I think, twenty four CDs in total. Many of them we recorded at the space. All at the studio. Most wow. of them. Oh, wow. And and then we also uh, do a lot of videos. And uh, Emiliano is also uh, in charge of those productions and edits them and is doing some really beautiful work with that. So we we get a, we've created full length documentaries, three of them. Um, but mostly now we're focused on short uh, videos for YouTube and, and uh, Facebook. And, Do you guys have a YouTube channel? Oh, yes. We have uh, about three and a half million views now on our channel. Really, Is that it? Well, we're, <laughs> we're making more. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> you don't look tired. <laughs> I, I, I am tired, but, but, but for all the right reasons. Um, and and the, but the videos are wonderful, and, and they're either um, kind of interviews or um, documentations of, of shows or music videos that we create so uh, well worth checking out and I also I do want to step back in time again to this is your life so you guys were um, <laughs> here's your high school sweetheart the woman you lost and your she's virginity not to. happy <laughs> she's, you've left her behind um <laughs> so you guys were featured, he's sweating, poor guy. Um, you, you guys were featured prominently on KQED, right? During a number of features related to Latino Heritage Month. You mentioned them in passing. Um, can you tell us more about the trilogy documentary series, uh, Cultures, of Cultures of Mexico in California, that you produced? Right. Well, we, we did three documentaries. One was about... Um, the traditional mariachi that we helped rescue, um, we met a gentleman uh, who was washing dishes, an elder uh, in the peninsula, and he had this incredible knowledge of his of his traditions, which was pre-movie um, mariachi, which was basically four people, two, two uh, violins, a vihuela guitarra, and that was the mariachi before it became an orchestra that was made popular by the movies. Um, and so with him, we reconstructed this old style of mariachi music, and we took a trip to Jalisco back in 2003, and we reintroduced the old mariachi to the land of the mariachi. And so we did a documentary called Pasajero, A Journey of Time and Memory, which was seen throughout the country um, on public television. Beautiful documentary that you can either buy as a DVD or you can find it on, on a YouTube channel. Nice. We did another... Uh, documentary called Fandango, Searching for the White Monkey, which has a lot to do with our involvement in the revival of the Fandango Jarocho that I've been involved with since 1989. And then uh, finally, we did another uh, documentary called Vivir, which is about arts education in working class neighborhoods, which as you might imagine, is a critique, to mm. say the least. Mm. And, and the importance, because when we do not teach 
arts to children in our working class neighborhoods. One, we're not recognizing that American music is working class music. For sure. And, and, we're not, and also that we're not reinvesting back into the working class in proportion to what the working class has contributed to our country. And we're also at the same time not recognizing the full humanity of our children, at least the children in our working class neighborhoods. And I find that disgraceful. Yeah, because many times there's such an emphasis on trying to get them ready to work and to be able to make a living and end up having a certain status and you forget about life, the the cultural and the singing and the art aspect of life. Because many times we don't see our children as being able to be big musicians or artists who have paintings hanging in a museum of art. So I totally agree with that, that we really have to, as members of the working class, see that in our own children and not expect that it's going to come from outside our community, but actually is something that we can sow and grow homegrown. Yes, and, and also it's cultural arts that really reinforces our resilience. And, and even if, you know, most kids are not going to become famous musicians, but all of those things that you learn in, in the creative arts help you in every aspect of your life. That is for sure. That's the voice of Eugene Rodriguez. He is our guest on Full Circle tonight. We are honoring Los, Los Sensontles and our long history with them here at KPFA and on Full Circle. My name is Vilma V. My fabulous host with me is Sara Blanco. And you are going to be honored. Wait. I'm a and so specifically in 2017, the San Francisco uh, Conservatory of Music is going to honor um, one of your members on Fanfare. I read that on your website right, as well. Right, for me, correct. So I'm an you alumni, yeah. yeah. Right oh, so what is exciting. the band up to right now? What Bring us up to the very present, 2016. Well, what right. are we not up to right Let now? Let me, yeah. <laughs> Unless Boy. it's a secret. Um, we, we're, we're working on a documentary uh, of our Cuba trip. Is a oh, half an hour you pulled us, it out of him. Tell us about Cuba, because I know um, you guys just went, and it well, sounded amazing. Um, it was really cold. Or not. It was really <laughs> hot. No, it was wonderful. It was, a, it, was a, it was a process of four years from the first time we thought of uh, the idea of going to when we actually went, so we can get all the pieces in place. And it's not common for um, foreign groups to perform and tour in Cuba. A lot of people go there to take workshops or, or perhaps to do a concert, but we really were very lucky to have... Um, the, enough support to not only plan a, a tour of five different cities in Cuba, but also have um, some of our uh, donors um, uh, pay for the trip, which which was, was which was not inexpensive. So it was really an amazing um, uh, connection because the Cubans and the Mexicans have had many years of of, of a love affair with each other's culture. There's a, there's a really fluid interchange between Mexican and Cuban culture. So uh, you know we. In Cuba, we saw folklorico groups, you know, dancing Mexican music. We saw uh, a lot of singers dressed in charros singing, you know, like uh, Alejandro Fernandez. You you had mariachi, Cuban mariachi. So they just love uh, of, of they love Mexican music, but they rarely get to see musicians from the outside coming in. So it was there was a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of energy, and and I think the little documentary we're working on is going to really show that. So, for folks in the community who want more information, can you? Because if I have a child and I'm listening to this and I'm in the area, because you guys are in the Richmond, we're area. in San Pablo, San Pablo. But on the other side of the parking lot, if you park on, at the other end, it's Richmond. Okay. So, how would people? 
are, are there ongoing classes? Is it a rolling basis? Is there a semester system? Can I, you know, how, how do people... All of the above. Can oh. I pretend to be four? <laughs> I know. Can I start... Because I can't sing. Yeah, can I start my life over again <laughs> yeah. and have you teach me? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just call. Call Fabiola at, at our number or to go on the web and see uh, online. I'm not sure if everything's up to date on the web because everything changes so much. But give us a call. Come by and visit and uh, talk to Fabiola. Okay, what is that number? 510 233 8015. 510 233 8105. 8015. 8015. Sorry. And so, Los Ensotles means the mockingbird. Correct. And I'm not going to ask you your favorite color because um, we had that conversation and uh, we have a lot of uh, information there, a lot of our uh, history and um, all our media and, and all of that stuff. It's, it's really kind of a lot of really very cool stories. Uh, but I, if, you, if you know, I do want to say that uh, you mentioned the long history between KPFA and Sansonis. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we've, have a long history together, and I really appreciate the support of KPFA. Um, all the wonderful... Uh, uh, locutores who, who've done interviews with us and the kids throughout the years. It's, it's really, it's like our third home. We're the best, but yes, we appreciate all of them too. <laughs> it's so sweet for you to say that because we have a very special award for we you. Do. We have a special recognition that we'll, we want to give you live on the air tonight. Wow. And it is on behalf of oh. uh, the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Oh, so cool. It is our Community Hero Award. And we want to print, present it with you tonight. And it, it states, and you're going to read a little bit, um, Sarah? In recognition of your efforts and successes in amplifying the roots of Mexican culture through classes, events, media, and performances, First Voice Media presents this Community Hero Award to, to R- Eugene Rodriguez, founder of Los Sensontles Cultural Arts Academy. Wow. Felicidades. That's Mr. So Rodriguez. And uh, for everybody who can't who aren't who can't see this because it's radio, right? <laughs> right. Uh, we don't think. have the Facebook Live set up yet. <laughs> First thing, I look really great. He does. And yes, then, he does. You, uh, you look so good. <laughs> Take that, ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then this beautiful uh, plaque is is very very much appreciated. Thank you both very much. So thank you KPFA for that. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank and, you. And of course, it's not just for me. It's for all of us because we we're a team and we've been we're we're, we're lifers. We, we, we're all very dedicated to this. Thank you. It's all for all the children and adults who've grown up with Los Angeles past and definitely for the future. Yes. So right now, let's take a little music break and hear the song Everyday People by Los Angeles. We thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you. Show it. 
Full Circle. My name is Vilma V. I'm the host here with my co-host Sarah Blanco. That was a cut from Los Sensotles, their newest CD. That's their latest CD called Covers. And you're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1. And uh, Los Sensotles, uh, the Cultural Arts Academy, is going to be hosting a Dia de los Muertos on October 29th at 7 p.m. So with this honoring of Los Sensotles and their Cultural Arts Academy, it brings to mind the importance of mentors, the importance of guides, heroes that have either always been with you, right, or who have come into your life later on, or who maybe will still, who are yet to come into your life. So while there are many, many people and organizations who foster the growth of others, we try here on Full Circle to bring those voices to you, the listener. So for those of you who don't know, who have forgotten, Full <laughs> Circle is on every Friday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And it's run specifically within a program of apprenticeship and mentorship. So there have been 42 groups to pass through this program. Wow. 42 being the newest one. Vilma and I were in the same group together. Group 39. Del fuego. Okay. And um, so it's important to recognize that the people producing it, um, you know, are from start to finish are apprenticeships or graduates. And so we're learning the writing, the technical aspect, you know, learning. Um, everyone's learning their own interview style, learning to work in a collaborative style, mm-hmm. which can be a challenge with the end goal of uplifting the voices of women. 
people of color, underrepresented communities, and as fellow graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, we find it fitting that we sought out a local community hero for today, and he is one that fosters similar ideas and helps to create a unique but a diverse voice of sound, style, rhythm, and it really throughout the world. It's not something that you hear every day. What he does is very special. And I think what we do here at the KPFA Apprenticeship Program is also pretty special. So the influence of Latino artists in the realm of spoken word is you know, most notable with the play Hamilton by Lin Manuel uh, Manuel Miranda, and also uh, Juan Felipe Herrera. He was named the Poet Laureate of California in 2012, and in 2015 he was designated our National Poet Laureate. I, I've had a chance to interview him actually. What? Yes, and also at Full Circle we've had the blessing of another apprentice that we're going to highlight. His name is Josiah Luis Alderete, and during his tenure on Full circle he brought a number of wordsmiths to our show and he also threw down some palabras yes he was so spanglish mm-hmm. and yeah he was vaya so up next we're going to hear from him you know one of the biggest defining moments for me as a chicano and if you'll forgive the term bocho poet it happened to me in my 20s when uh, i went to a reading that was going on at modern times bookstore in San Francisco, way, way back when they still had their big store over on Valencia Street. I knew nothing about what to expect. Earlier in the day, I'd seen a flyer announcing the event and decided to go on a whim. It said on the flyer that the writer reading that night was Dagoberta Gilb, who would be reading from his new collection of stories, The Magic of Blood. It's funny, but I can still see that flyer like it was yesterday. But anyways, I got there later on that night, and soon after, Dagoberto started reading. He read a story called Romero's Shirt. And as the story progressed, something very strange happened to me. I started to feel a familiarity that I'd never felt with a piece of literature before. Now, this wasn't just relating to a character like you're wont to do when you're reading a good book. This was something else way deeper. In Romero's shirt, Dagoberto Gil was describing people I actually recognized. Brown-skinned people who could actually be a part of my everyday vida. Not stuffy, rigid characters or faraway English gentry. This was a story about Romero, a man who could be my own abuelo. And like I said earlier, that familiarity had a deep impact on me. And it's funny how things work, you know? Because looking back on it now, it sounds strange, the absence of my culture and my choice of literature. Growing up, mis roots were all around me. Spanish was spoken in La Casa, mi mamá grande making her homemade tortillas every afternoon, mi granny goyas, buñuelos and tamales. La Grande Diez Diez, the undisputed AM Latino station, always playing in the background. But when it came to literature, solamente English was spoken here. I suppose it probably didn't help that outside of mi casa, solamente English was spoken there as well. These were the uh, dark, dark pre-internet days, mocosos. I'm talking about Nevado, California in the 1980s. Cuando the only two Mexicans in sight were me and Senor Peña, the high school Spanish teacher. And in the four years of high school, where I first heard the term wetback, we read many, many dead white males, to use the parlance of our time. But only uh, once did we read a Latino writer, a six-page short story called The Asholotl by Julio Cortazar, an Argentinian writer who has become one of my favorites. My literary shelf went something like this. Marvel Comics, Never DC, Sci-Fi and Fantasy Books, Lord of the Rings, Sherlock Holmes... Mario Puzo's The Godfather, when I was around 10 or 11. Uh, Rock and roll biographies and dead white males. The beat poet soon followed as I got out of high school and eventually discovered Raymond Carver and the Bay Area poets like David Lerner and Bucky Sinister. 
And that goes all the way to that night at Modern Times when I went in there and bam, Degoberto was reading and, like I said, the power of palabras. Powerful. Mm, we're getting so good. giddy over here. Um, that was Josiah Luis. And now we're going to hear more spoken word from our recent First Voice graduate apprentice, Josiah Luis, followed by a very short clip of the band Chicano Batman. I had to do it because it's a band that Josiah actually got me hooked on. Here's a, a poem by Josiah Luis. And now, live in the KPFA studios, we present Bocho Poetry by a side of Fried Asholotl. Después que it all came and went, that's when I started crying mis lágrimas de cocodrilo. Yeah, after the sun rose like a Tuesday milagro, out of that old bag I always carry around. After I hid la luna and forgot where I put her. After I borrowed that one angel's car and returned it with no gas in the tank. And the dashboard sank missing. That's when I started crying, mis lágrimas de cocodrilo. Now that it's too late to see the azul of la mañana in Tonatzin Santa's rebozo. Now that Juan Diego the Indios got himself strung out on 16th Street dope, now I go and cry mis lágrimas de cocodrilo. Even though I was warned, even though I was warned about all the sangre, about the slow, slow ways we move through these days. About the genuine sorrow and the orange and rustling brown endings of these autumn afternoons. Even though I was told it would be enough time to occupy one's lifetime, I still went ahead and paid good money to see the hanging. I even brought along a date to the execution. And I stayed until the very end for the crucifixion. And only after all of that did I start crying mis lágrimas de cocodrilo.
That's right. Chicano Batman. And um, so my name is Vilma V. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Sara Blanco. We That's are me. We are both Full Circle First Voice Apprenticeship me, me, me. graduates. And we are listening to the great poetry of a fellow graduate, Josiah Alderete. So to complete this sort of literary section of spoken word and wonderful stuff that our graduates have put together, we're going to hear Josiah speak of something that's very pertinent given our election cycle. He's going to give us a little taste of Darth Trump. He's not your father. Nosotros sabemos, we all know who the illegal alien is amongst us. Darth Trump, an honest-to-goodness Sith Lord, whose xenophobic rhetoric, although directed at all minorities, resonates a particular kind of pain with Latinos. And although his racist comments have branched out to all the corners of the galaxy to include every minority group, I think I'm taking no great cultural literary liberty here by speaking for Latinos cuando I say that for us, this presidential race has become personal. Now, like any Sith Lord, the evil that he creates makes him stronger. Despite boycotts and American voices loudly disapproving of him, the poison that he spews and the image that he projects of America to the rest of the world continues. Unchecked, and for muchos Latinos, it seems very much a possibility that Los Estados Unidos could turn into Trumplandia. But then on Monday in Iowa... Darth Trump came in second in the Republican camp, and I got to say that on Tuesday in La Mañana, I saw a whole lot of smiling Latinos out there. Jaime over at El Banco, Rosie, who I get me café from every morning, La Señora, who walks by with her gray poodle, todos con una sonrisa. And all of them mentioned Trump as soon as I was done saying mis buenos días to them. ¿Vistes lo que le pasó a Trump? Perdió Trump! Now, to you monolinguists out there, all those phrases roughly translate to Trump lost. But we know that that isn't true. Iowa is just the first stop. And for the Latino, that was a particularly significant to see Darth Trump lose. Vistes lo que le pasó a Trump? Perdió Trump! It showed that Simon can see he can bleed, he can be defeated. And then the Latino that I am wants to chime in, see, Trump lost. But la verdad, the truth is, I don't think that I can do that. Because this illegal alien, this Sith Lord, has not lost. I worry que Latinos will see his coming in second in Iowa to Ted Cruz as perdió Trump y ya estuvo. Trump lost. That's it. But that's not it. That's not it, mi gente. So much more has to be done to stop this man from turning Los Estados Unidos into Trumplandia. Simón que sí, for Latinos, it's personal. And all the statistics and your tía Lucha can tell you that we have the people, which means we have the votes to make a difference in the upcoming presidential election. But for Latinos, we also have to keep in mind that between 2000 and 2012, the number of Latinos eligible to vote grew by almost 10 million. But the number of actual voters increased by half as much. And remember back during the last two presidential elections, fewer than half of eligible Latino voters cast ballots. So the nutshell, point blank thing to say here is that Latinos have a terrible track record when it comes to voting. And to really defeat this Sith Lord, we're going to have to change that. Vistes lo que le pasó a Trump anoche? Perdió Trump. Se lo tronaron a Trump. 
for Latinos. This is personal. And it's going to take a lot more to stop this man than just him coming in second in Iowa. Nosotros como Latinos have to cast our votes. But we also have to encourage other eligible Latino voters out there to do the same. That old Pachuco phrase, somos pocos pero locos, is still half true. Now there are so many of us, we can exert real changing political power, but the failure to show up on election day will eclipse any strength in numbers. Ponte trucha, mi gente. And one day we will see a Mexican abuelita for president. But for now, take yourself, take your mama, your tío Antonio, your sister, your vecino who does not drive. Take nuestra gente out to vote so we can secure our borders against the real illegal alien, Darth Trump. Yo soy Josiah Luis. Gracias, Josiah. You just heard Darth Trump, a relevant piece, insane times. You know, as a listener, you've all been great. And we hope that you listen to Full Circle always with open hearts and open minds, remembering the importance of the platform here, especially after what we just heard exactly you know that whole piece about darth trump is so relevant it's also super relevant because it just ha so happens that monday october 24th this monday is the last day to register in california if you are eligible to vote on november 8th so everything that he said is so important so importante if i could mm -hmm. do his Somos pocos, pero locos. Somos pocos, pero locos. it's super important and that people take the time to make sure they're registered to vote one and that we do translate the the increasing numbers of people in who are of latino descent and latinos in california and have that transfer to real political power this platform full circle being part of the first voice apprenticeship program is a part of having people who normally's voices aren't heard because this program is for women of color women first and people of color because a lot of times we don't have our voices heard in the media Exactly. Also underrepresented, underrepresented communities. You know, so who has a voice? You have a voice. You have a voice. And you have a voice. I have a voice. And I do too. And Full Circle and KPFA have, have always been a part of amplifying that community voice. And that's what community radio and this kind of community training program has always been about. It's really exciting to be back here with you, Vilma V. <laughs> Vilma V, not Vilma O. <laughs> Dash, 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 yes. Z. Yes, it's exciting to be here as well and to see you, Sarah. And I, you know, we during the breaks, we're talking about people we know who have graduated and what they're doing. That's been super exciting. And um, I'm just really thrilled to be here and to have been able to see Eugene and hear more about Los Insultless Academy and all those, you know, the idea of all those young people finding their voice, finding their movement and dance and being able to then showcase their beautiful heritage and their music. That's what we do here. We're showcasing all the talents that Latinos and African Americans and Asians and um, people from South Asia, that's all of them having that and that's really exciting. To name a few. A few. And we're really thankful to have presented the First Voice Local Community Hero Award to Los Ensotles. Yes. They've been honoring Mexican culture and Latino culture in impactful, beautiful ways. What a great group. Oh, but that music sounds oh, like no. it's almost time. No. Ah, 
Yeah, so you're going to have to tune in next week to Full Circle, 7 p.m. right here on KPFA. And always check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org. There you can listen to all our past shows. I bet if you scroll down far enough, you'll get to Sueños del Fuego That's in right. our past shows. And you can see pictures of us and some of our guests. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Willen Franklin Sterling. And Joy Moore is still our wonderful production consultant. Our board op tonight is Teresa Adams. Wow. It's definitely a collaborative experience, and we thank all of you for sharing it with us. Thank you so much to our guest, Eugene Rodriguez. Thank you, Josiah Luis, Miss M, for, for really having this idea to, of putting this show together. It's been uh, nice. Thank you, Los Sensotles and the Los Sensotles Cultural Arts Academy. We've been your hosts. I'm Sara Blanco. I'm Vilma Ortiz. Stay tuned. Oh, I said it myself. I said Vilma Ortiz. See? I'm Vilma See? V. Can I get an apology? No, no, Sorry. No, no. I'm Vilma V. Stay tuned for La Onda by we're also going to go out with a Los Sensotles song, right? That's right. What song is that going to be, Sarah? It's going to be from a live performance circa 2005 here in the KPFA studios. Stay tuned for La Onda Bajita 2 after this. Have a great weekend, folks. Don't stray. called El Pajaroku.